Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer. And it is midweek time on the Owl Chat Podcast. Got a short little bite-sized episode for you today, nonetheless, just as important as the rest. I am joined, as always, by my partner and co-host, John Finer. And for the first time in a few weeks, producer Nick is back on the call with us. Nick, welcome back. Glad to have you. Thank you, guys. It has been a long few apps of just uh, being behind the scenes, but I'm glad to be uh, back on the front lines with you guys for an episode. We told you he was still alive, and we meant it. <laughs> they had me hiding in the dungeon. <laughs> The Owl Chat Podcast Dungeon, of course. It's Kai's dungeon, not mine. <laughs> don't look at mine. I don't have a dungeon. You're at the OCP house. Uh, yeah, but anyway, um, midweek update. Uh, not a ton to get to, but we do have some stuff to get to. We're going to talk some Tennessee Tech. We're going to talk um, Bose Presser, um, and we're going to go through some of the other sports going around Kennesaw State University. Um, so, John, I'm going to go ahead and get right into the flyover. If you got nothing else to add. Well, we got to get to the errors and omissions, Kai. I'll Absolutely. You, we got. I'll we actually have some this week. I'll let you take those away. Sure. So um, one thing we talked about on the last episode, I believe, was just Kennesaw State's ability to be ranked in the FCS top 25 this year. Um, And we came to the consensus that that was something that could happen. We were wrong. That is not something that can happen. Uh, Both James Madison and um, Jacksonville State uh, were not able to be ranked when they made their transitions a few years ago. Um, So we just want to put that one to bed. Uh, And then secondly, uh, I mentioned on the last midweek update that the men's team performed very well during um, their last tournament, but didn't win anything. Uh, turns out they actually ended up winning it. So uh, all credit to Kennesaw State men's golf for winning the All-State Seam Strong Invitational. Um, would feel bad if we ignored that completely. So that's all I got. Um, going to go ahead and continue with the flyover. John, if you got nothing to add. No, I've got nothing. Go for it. Fantastic. So uh, we're going to start at the bottom. Um, Soccer uh, is still struggling. Um, Last week, we got uh, into conference play. I had two games uh, against North Alabama and Central Arkansas, and we were shut out in both, losing 2-0 to North Alabama and 5-0 to Central Arkansas. Um, We have now been held to just three goals in nine games thus far and currently sit at last in the conference um, with an overall record of 1-5-3. Uh, the good news is uh, we have a two-game homestand against Bellarmine and EKU. Um, chance to get right and hopefully get on the board and maybe get a multi-goal scorer on the season. Um, so it hasn't been too fun, to say the least. I would like to say, you know, I think Beavis and Butthead score more than our soccer team, and that needs to change. So, Right. You know, obviously we don't want to, you know, spend too much time on a team that's struggling. We don't want to bash, you know, our girls. We're, we're going to support them at the end of the day, but uh, it's a rough scene right now. And I don't know a ton about um, how the administration views soccer, but I think something needs to change in the the coming weeks, months, hopefully not years. So oh, yeah, we're definitely yeah. not bashing them, but you know, I, I personally, you know, when times are tough, I bring out humor as like a coping mechanism. So you know, nothing personally meant there, but, you know, I really hope that we can figure out what's going on and score some goals, whether it's the system, whether it's the talent, uh, I don't know. But, you know, like I said, we need to get better quickly. 
I mean, I'm the announcer. I'm the PA for soccer, so it would be nice to score a few goals because it would give me a few more things to say at some of the games. I get a little bored sometimes up there. It's just like sitting. I'm like kind of waiting. I'm like, I'm like, oh, don't be sure to come out for the next game. I'm like, well, come on, like let's get something going this game. Like let's do it. Right. Put one of these goals in the net, Macy. I I believe in you. She's gonna get it done. She's gonna be the reason that we win one of these games coming up. I have a good feeling. Nick, I gotta ask you since uh, you do the PA stuff. Why was senior night so early in the year? Was there a particular oh my gosh. reason All right. for that? So I had the, I had the same thought, and I talked to a few different people about it. And it is actually, I think it's really smart, and I think some of the other sports should adapt this. It's that way if the team is playing really well and they're getting into good games late in the year that if that comes down to that last week, that last game matters, they don't want all the players distracted in the last game by senior day. So they do it at the last home game of non-conference play. And then they, then they switch it over to regular full season. And then they don't try to do any recognitions for the players during the year, unless it's like a big milestone or something. Hmm. Cause that came but back that, to that the, was... uh, men's basketball team last year. We lost on senior day at, at a weird game against Queens at like 2 p.m. on a Saturday. Yeah. And and I wasn't going to say it, but I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, I don't think this is really an awful thing for all of the sports to adapt because I think as we start to get more competitive in other sports and we get closer down the line and these games matter, like it would be helpful for some of these players to not have to worry about going through all that and just be able to focus on playing in school, obviously. But right. No, I absolutely. do agree. And I was thinking it was just, okay, maybe it's something, you know, warmer weather or something like that was what crossed my mind. I, I would not have guessed that. So I do agree with you guys, though. The theory I had when I, and I guess this is not true, is I guess one of the girls was like declared academically ineligible because she graduated or something. And I don't know if she was like going to stick with the team or not, or what was the deal there. I forget who it was and I feel bad not remembering, but I remember that was mentioned in the press box uh, during the ceremony. So, yeah, but uh, that all being said, uh, let's hope we can split uh, this Kentucky series this weekend. So wrapping up with soccer, um, we have another sport that started this past week, and that is men's and women's tennis. Uh, The women's group opened up its season uh, with a successful weekend at Western Carolina's Hidden Duel Tournament, uh, which featured Western Carolina, Kennesaw State and Gardner Webb. Um, They had a good weekend left with seven singles victories and two doubles victories. Um, and finished as the winningest team at the tournament. Um, the men's team also got off to a fantastic start um, at the Jacksonville State Invitational, picking up six singles wins and going a perfect 3-0 and in doubles. So uh, one of the lesser paid attention to KSU sports, but, you know, winning is winning, so we're all here for it. Uh, speaking of winning, um, I think the hot topic of KSU sports, uh, volleyball had a few games, John, if you want to run us through those. Yeah, uh, volleyball played a tournament last weekend. Uh, this one was a little bit different. Usually there are three in a weekend. Uh, this one was in Cincinnati. We played uh, Northern Kentucky and Xavier. So I guess we're kind of the road team, the default between the three. Um, we beat Northern Kentucky in game one or in match one in five sets and then got swept by Xavier uh, three nothing. Um, you know, I hate to lose to them because of, you know, them beating us in the basketball tournament last year. If I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure women's basketball won a home game against them sometime around 2015 or so. So somebody might want to fact check me on that. But I think Ali Sawyers, uh, DeAndrea Sawyers, had a big shot that game and put him on top. 
Um, also, the Owls are now seven and four. We'll play uh, Eastern Kentucky Saturday at one to open conference play. Um, swinging it along to baseball, uh, we have a couple of rumored exhibitions. Um, the baseball team will play a fall exhibition against Georgia Tech October 14th in Atlanta, and I believe November 5th against UGA in Athens. Um, we have some uh, recruiting news. Uh, catcher Preston Bond 2024 has uh, decommitted from the Owls. Um, this is what happens when you recruit good players and you get early commitments. Um, you know, some of them, their eyes get too big and they might say, hey, I want to play in the SEC. Um, unfortunately, we do have a lot of kids who want to play for us and we'll honor their commitments. Um, we have some alum updates. Double A just finished the all their, all their games this year. Uh, Josh Hatcher had eight hits in his last five games in a very up and down season. Uh, this was his first uh, partial season in double A. Um, in the double A portion, he uh, knocked seven homers, 38 RBIs, three steals, hitting 261 with a uh, 31% on base percentage. So a decent first season in double A. Um, if Hatcher can just put it together and get more consistent, I think he could, he has a shot, but he needs to be better. And I could say the exact same thing for Tyler Tovey for the Mississippi Braves, who hit uh, 238 uh, with a 30% on base percentage, seven homers, 32 RBIs. Uh, Jake Rice was in double A for Amarillo, uh, which is the D-backs affiliate in double A. He finished with a 5-0 and record and three saves, despite a 7.5 ERA. Um, no idea how that happened, but uh, good for him. Uh, 42 innings pitched, 58 strikeouts, and Jake, again, is going to need to get better. But he is a lefty with a big arm, so hopefully, you know, they're going to give him a little more time. Um, we got some additional news here. Um, so, Bron Breaker, Kennesaw State's Bronson Recksteiner, uh, who is a professional wrestler for NXT, WWE's minor league brand, so to speak. Um, he was named number 37 on this year's PWI top 500 uh, wrestlers. So PWI is Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It's a prestigious uh, pro wrestling magazine that puts out a top 500 wrestlers each year since 1991. Uh, Braun Break, and that's throughout all promotions. We're talking WWE, AEW, NXT, New Japan, Independence, uh, Lucha Libre, all that. And he was number 37 in the world out of 500. Uh, number one on the list, I believe, was Seth Rollins. Number two was Roman Reigns, and number three was John Moxley. All three members of the Shield. If you guys are wrestling fans, you would know the irony of that, and I think it is rigged because there's no way those people are one through three without some, without some uh, booking there. Um, also, a side note: today would have been Ladarius Clardy's. Uh, well, the day we we're recording this on Wednesday is uh, Ladarius Clardy's 21st birthday. Uh, Clardy was unfortunately gunned down a year or two ago in his hometown in Florida. So um, happy heavenly birthday to Ladarius Clardy. Um, and finally, I got some notes here. The Almanac, um, cbbalmanac.com, I believe. And this was tweeted out by the official KSU basketball account this afternoon. Uh, Terrell Burden was named first team All-A-Sun by their uh, publication. And he was also named, quote, the player who scares you the most by A-Sun coaches. So, you know, the ironic thing is here, the dude's like 5'9". So if I had to pick a basketball player that would scare me the most, it would not be him. But I see what they mean. And, you know, just going to all the people that love to panic when uh, Coach Abdur Rahim left and saying, oh, my God, we're so screwed. What do we do? 
Well, look, we got a first-team All-A Sun player now, um, at least by this publication, and somebody who is named the player who scares you the most. So I don't think we're done, and I think everybody realized that once Petway got on board. Um, and final news nugget before we get to some football talk. Um, as I mentioned after the Chattanooga game in our post game, um, the band Chattanooga played George of the Jungle. I shit you not, somewhere between 10 to 15 times. And I don't understand how George of the Jungle relates to Chattanooga or anything to do with that or what the relevance is there. Is there a new movie? I have no idea. Um, you know, I wish they'd mix it up with some Scooby-Doo, Flintstones, maybe some other cartoons from like 100 years ago. But um, we have uh, we have our producer, Nick, who's a KSU band member, and I wanted to get his take. Is this normal behavior for a band? What is going on? Do they need to be stopped? How, what do we do? Playing repetitive songs in bands, in my opinion, is fun if the song has a purpose. Internally, there's probably a purpose there, but also... It's George of the Jungle. There's not really much going on there, even from like a, a music standpoint. I, 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 I found it a little annoying because I could hear it just in like the background a little of the broadcast because I unfortunately didn't go to the Chattanooga game. But yeah, that was I was getting uh, text messages about that from a few friends. They're like, they're just playing it over and over again, and I don't see like a reason why. So maybe, maybe I need a Chattanooga band person to reach out to me and explain that if there's some deeper meaning behind it. Just and imagine this podcast somehow finds its way to somebody in that band and we hear back. That would be, <laughs> that would be awesome. And I'm thrilled. It's not just me that thought that and like other people were actually picking up on it outside of my circle. Um, and I just want to leave with one final note here. Um, I don't know if I should mention this, but my uh, my friend who I won't name, who I was sitting next to during that time, who was also being annoyed by George of the Jungle, um, a, a couple of days after the game, um, his car, a branch fell on his car. And I thought that was funny because in George of the Jungle, it says, watch out, watch for, out that for that tree. tree. And <laughs> apparently he did not watch out for that tree. So, you know, he texted the group chat. He's like, oh, my God, a branch fell on the, you know, a tree fell on the car, a limb fell on the car. This sucks. And I was like, well, did you uh, alert the branch manager of your insurance company? And, uh, yeah, he he took it in stride. He knows me. So, <laughs> you know what? That wasn't bad, John. I'll, I'll give you that one. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's move this on to uh, our football portion. Um, I believe I was the only one uh, who watched the Bohannon Presser. Not too much going on. Um, basically, he says the team is feast or famine right now in all three phases. Have to be more consistent. Um, if you watch the game, you would have seen there's a lot going on on the offensive line with injuries. Um, you know, Paxton and inside interior lineman Terrell Paxton was out. Nathan Wright on the offensive tackle was out. Um, I don't know for a fact, but I think I heard through the grapevine that Paxton's injury could be pretty bad. Um, Bo did kind of hint that one of those two guys could be back next week, this week. And I think, you know, by what I heard, I'm assuming that means Nathan Wright has a shot, but he didn't sound overly optimistic. Um, as far as, uh, James Dawson and Seaburn Hines who play across the offensive line, it sounds like they avoided serious injury, um, major injury. So I'm guessing it's some kind of major sprain or strain or whatnot of the lower extremities. They couldn't put weight on their right and left legs. So, you know, we're going to be down at least three starters on the offensive line, maybe four. 
Um, Ethan Newman, Newman was a freshman that had to uh, step in and he played right guard and played pretty well for a freshman. So we're going to probably see him a lot more. Uh, my favorite name, Trey Butts, uh, played some right tackle. Um, he's going to have to come up big, no pun intended. And uh, Al Hogan is probably going to be playing center again. That's where he played for Wofford for a while. Um, you know, we're going to need people to step up because we can't, you know, count on just playing with, you know, five or six guys, um, especially in the college game. Um, and just some injury news on the defensive line. Uh, as we noted, Tyler Scott didn't play last week. Uh, Gunna Nwoha didn't play last week as well on the defensive line. And he was not listed on the depth chart this week either. I believe Scott's injury is fairly serious. Um, Bohannon mentioned it's difficult challenge to balance the red shirts, but he's sticking to the plan. Uh, mentioned that he talked to Sam Houston's coach, I think it's Casey Keeler, in the offseason to navigate the weird transition year because Keeler went through that last year with Sam Houston. So he got some good nuggets there. Um, you know, he mentioned, Bo mentioned that the Owls have been resilient, but we want to come out on the other side. Um, as far as the offensive line goes as well, he mentioned uh, freshman Caleb Mays has to be ready to play soon on the offensive line. He says he's not quite ready, but it sounds like, you know, he could be a freshman that uh, we see here down the stretch. Um, uh, as far as Tennessee Tech goes, Bo mentioned, um, quote, their kids play hard is something I heard. <laughs> and when a coach says their kids play hard, he probably doesn't think that they're very good. I don't want to put words in his mouth. It sounds like he has a lot of respect for the coach, but they got a lot of heart. Yeah, yeah, they have a lot of they're scrappy. It's you know, coach speak. So you beautiful know. coach speak is what I, yeah, gotta, exactly. <laughs> gotta pay your respects. It is what it is. And uh, you know, just some final notes before Kai previews uh Tennessee Tech. Uh Josh Williamson, wide receiver, is no longer on the depth chart. Uh, I think I saw him uh, limping around on the sideline at Chattanooga. So I don't know if it's injury related or what. Um, Gunna Nwoha, who was, I mentioned earlier, was out injured, is no longer on the depth chart. And Adam Watkins has moved into second string. Uh, Danilius Johnson is taking over at the, I guess, the rush edge position for Charles Remy. Uh, Markeith Montgomery is moving from the strong to the rover. And uh, Isaac uh, Paul, freshman, will be starting at the strong. So that's interesting there. And everybody's uh, new favorite, uh, Jericho Washington, I will not say Jericho since he's earned my respect, is uh, back starting at the cornerback across from Chance Gamble. So um, I did see Jericho make a nice play uh, breaking up a pass this past weekend. So I want to see what he can do. Um, I know Kai has some more uh, notes on Tennessee Tech. I do. I got a ton. But before I get into that, I just want to mention you slid in a Seinfeld reference a couple of minutes ago. And I know you're a big Seinfeld guy. And I'm shocked that it's taken about 15 episodes for you to drop a Seinfeld reference on the Alchat podcast. So, I haven't dropped one yet. I don't to... think you've dropped a single one. I've been waiting for it because I know you're a Seinfeld guy. <laughs> I'll have to drop more. So I'm going to keep that in mind. So yeah, I quit watching after season five. I got to get back into it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> if anything you should skip season one and then you know stop watching after season seven if you're gonna stop at all okay noted um anyways yeah so uh tennessee tech uh is the worst division one team on our schedule this year um we talked about this in the preseason a little bit their coach Dwayne alexander is a sixth year head coach who has 16 wins um in his time at tennessee tech he's currently sitting at 16 and 39 um 
Uh, I'll be the first to tell you that Tennessee Tech does not have a whole lot of media coverage, nor do they have online fan engagement. So it's really difficult to judge um, exactly how the the Tennessee Tech fan base is feeling about Alexander at this point in his tenure. Um, but I would imagine that he's probably on his way out the way things have gone and, you know, the amount of time he's been given if they have that budget at Tennessee Tech. He was extended a few years ago. But anyways, um, just more about the team. They're 0-3. Uh, they got dogged by Furman to open the year, 45-10. to um, Played FBS New Mexico, lost 52-10. to um, And then were shut down by North Alabama, who's having a quietly pretty good year, uh, to their credit, 20-7 um, to last week. Um, sophomore uh, Ethan Roberts had been the starting QB up through last week, and then he was benched uh, midway through the game. I think he was like 6 of 16 with three picks and no touchdowns. Um, so he got yanked uh, in favor of uh, freshman Hayes Gibson, um, who finished out the game, played a little better, I think led a touchdown drive. Um, nonetheless, they came up short, like I said, 20 to 7. Um, in their three games uh, at this point, they only have one rusher with over 100 yards, and that is Javion Allen, who we talked about a little bit in the preseason. He's one of their better, more dynamic players, um, and he's got 128 yards through three games total on 4.3 yards per carry. Um, bottom line is uh, they give up a lot of points and they don't score a whole lot of points. Um, like I said, this will be the worst division one team we play and is as close to an automatic win as we're going to get outside of Tusculum, Lincoln and Virginia Lynchburg, not to jinx us or anything. Um, but I think Owls fans should feel pretty to real confident about this game. So it certainly sounds like you're trying to jinx us, Kai. <laughs> I'm doing everything I can, I guess. Maybe I'm yeah, mad my, they screwed up my credentials or something, but yeah. My idiot friend uh, texted me, you know, or about the Braves, you know, getting home field throughout the World Series the other night when we were winning in like the sixth or seventh inning in that Brad Hand game where he gave up, you know, like a million runs all of a sudden. And we lost four straight starting that night. So, you know, Kai, I, I'm I'm not happy with you right now. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not a Braves fan, so I can I can talk a little junk about the Braves. I did see a graphic on Twitter and it was like uh, it was teams who gave up more than 15 points this weekend and teams who gave up less than 15 points this weekend. And it was major league baseball teams and NFL teams. And it was like, oh, the Marlins scored over 15 while, you know, a third of the NFL scored under 15. So I we were still hung over. We're still hung over from celebrating. <laughs> I guess so. I guess and so. Kai, while we're on this subject, why don't you go tell everybody who your favorite team is? Uh, I'm, I, I think it's been mentioned on the podcast before. Not sure. Maybe it's all been off the air, but yeah, I, I am a Los Angeles Dodgers fan. Um, and I think for good reason, I don't know if Nick knew that, but, um, I don't watch major league baseball like I used to period, but I still keep up with it. And I don't feel like I have a choice other than to root for the Dodgers. So I did not know that. Um, but while we're airing our dirty laundry, um, obviously I, I was, born and raised in Atlanta and the Braves have a uh, place in my heart because I worked for them during the year they won the World Series but I was a born and raised diehard Yankee fan oh so... man <laughs> so that's uh, that's 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 the baggage that I carry but I do love the Braves and the Braves are my NL team and right now they're my only team because Yankees are going to be sitting at home this October <laughs> I mean, we've covered now the arguably three biggest brands in Major League Baseball, so we'll take it. We'll throw the Braves in there, John. We'll 
you know, LA, New York are the big markets, but I think the Braves, you know, have earned that. So everybody's we'll just unscribe unsubscribing from us right now. <laughs> hey, just wait till uh, next month. It's going to get real intense. Eh, not for Nick, but you know, yeah, we, we might have to, uh, you know, kind of call it a truce on the podcast or, you know what? It's okay. Cause none of us like the Mets. We can all agree on that. Right. That's very true. I, I think that's a great place to end this conversation. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. I like that. But yeah, anyways, that's all I got on Tennessee Tech. Um, it's going to be, I think, a confidence boosting game and a confidence boosting watch um, for Kennesaw State as we get into a part of the schedule where we're playing real teams um, that are also teams we can beat. So here's to hoping we go three and zero over the next three, which I think is very possible. I do too. And I think we have to win this one. Um, you know, if we don't win this one, that's going to be crushing. There's no way that we can play Kennesaw state brand of football this weekend and come up short. Like we did at Furman. There's no way Bohannon could say, yeah, I thought the guys played hard. I thought we executed our game. No, no. If we execute our game plan and we play hard, hell, even if we somewhat execute our game plan and play hard, we should win this one by, you know, at least a touchdown or two, at least. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, it's no fun to talk about worst case scenarios, but uh, Tennessee Tech is a bad football team. Um, if we lose, it's because we are unprepared and we played down to them. They're not going to rally off the best game they've ever played um, because it's Kennesaw State. You know, maybe in years past, we would be somebody's Super Bowl. Um, maybe we're that for, you know, Tusculum this year. But uh, Tennessee Tech, if we if we drop this game, it will um it, it'll spark some conversations for sure and how about this for sparking some conversation uh kai uh why don't you tell uh everyone in owl nation about our trip to cookville this weekend yeah um so i i don't want to throw anybody under the bus um because there are some people involved in the process that um i am on good terms with and would like to stay on good terms with um, but long story short, my credentials for the game fell through because of some new rules this year, um, surrounding both the outlets I write for and, um, Kennesaw state athletics. Um, part of it goes on me for not knowing certain things, but, um, I will more than likely, unless I get a last second miracle, uh, not be attending, um, the game in Cookville. Of course I will be watching. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's disappointing, but uh, we'll have to make uh, another trip another time. I, I'm considering going on my own or finding somebody else at the last minute because um, ever since I was a little boy, um, I've always wanted to visit Cookville. Uh, my parents told me, no, 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 you can't go till you're older. But I was like, you know what? I'm 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 old enough now and I want to see it for myself. I hear there are great magical mountains uh, made of ice cream and rock candy and i can't wait to see it. i hear what they say is uh cook feels no fun until you're 21 so <laughs> i am a little disappointed because i'm curious there's a guy on twitter and i forget his at or his name but he's come up a few times and he's like the cook cookville journalist and just like writes about everything cookville and that includes tennessee tech athletics and he was the only guy i found who uh was posting anything about tennessee tech <laughs> how, how big is the school do you know uh, that's a good question. We can find that out right now. But I only found him because he posted a video making fun of um, the atmosphere at Tennessee Tech football games. So even he was <laughs> pessimistic. We we don't uh, really have any room to talk there, unfortunately. That is true. They have a, a venue that's about twice the size of ours. Um, so 
Yeah. And I, and I student body, that's a fourth of the size because they yeah. only have, as of 2022, 8,500 students. Because that's how these things work sometimes. <laughs> so, so I guess if we take all their 8,500 students, fly them to Kennesaw and play a return game, we may or may not be able to fill our stadium. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. I mean, if you want to get into how ugly the ratio is, we could bring up a school like Wake Forest, who's got an enrollment of like 4,000 kids and their stadium's like 36,000, which is a small FBS stadium, one of the smallest FBS stadiums, you know. Um, and then like, you know, we got more kids than UGA, but we don't really have more kids than UGA. And, you know, it's not really a fair comparison, but it uh, it just shows how dramatic it is. It's like our attendance record in, in men's basketball. You know, it's all, yeah, it does you know. help. Um you know, boost enrollment numbers when you just absorb another university um, a few miles down the road. <laughs> so it's a bit misleading to, um, you know, TV announcers from other schools who are going down their Kennesaw State bingo cards and saying, oh, shoot, they're the uh, number one most enrolled school in the state of Georgia. But, you know, we know the truth. Can we let's absorb another school. Why not? Let's keep going. I think Life as- University might be selling. They're yes, right Life road. University. I love Life Serial. I love the movie. I love the magazine, uh, the board game. I love life. Here, here's a, a better idea for you. We just merge with UWG, athletics funding everything, and just create like a super mid-major. We have like a Gonzaga of the South, you know, but with a football program. Can we name it Gonzaga of the South? Uh, I'm with that. <laughs> How about University of, uh, I guess, Northwestern Georgia? West Kennesaw University. West Kennesaw. Yeah, there we go. I mean, West Georgia is basically like far east Alabama University anyway. So, Mm. you know, uh, I think that would have made our mentions on one of these midweek updates that they're making the jump up to D1 and joining the ASUN. But uh, they're officially joining, I believe, the day of or the day after we officially leave. So there will be no overlap. It's it's sad. They're replacing us already, and I'm sort of offended, but I wouldn't expect anything less. It's okay. I'm all for more D1 ball in Georgia. Um, the last D1 team to go away was Morris Brown uh, College downtown. They had a D1 program for two years. I just found this out the other day. When was that? Uh, I think it was 2002 and 2003. They had a D1 know. basketball program. They won like 13 games total, which is better than some of the other schools that went under, so... Wow, I kind of want to dig down that rabbit hole, but, uh, you know, we'll save that for another day. Anyways, yeah, that being said, I think that's all we got to go over today. So I'm going to go ahead and take us out. If you don't got anything else to add, John? Uh, No, I think I got everything off my chest. Uh, We better win this weekend. Go Elves. Fantastic. Uh, We will be back on Monday. We will be back on Sunday. They will hear us on Monday um, to talk about the Owls win over Tennessee Tech. I'm just kidding. That's enough jinxing the Owls game over game at Tennessee Tech. That's where we're going to put it at. Anyways, thank you for listening. Uh, We will see you then. Thank you for tuning in to the Owl Chat Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter at KSU Owl Howl and at Big Owl Blog. You can also view additional content on BigOwlBlog.com. And be sure to join the online community of Owl fans at ksuowlhowl.com slash forum. Until our hosts return, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, Go Owls!